Leadership is the art of giving people a platform for spreading ideas that work. Welcome to DC Local Leaders, the podcast where we talk to C-suite leaders within the DC area. Our guests share their pathways to success and the important moments that impacted their careers. Lean in as we get the inside scoop on how they are shaping their industries, how they lead, manage, and connect with others. From the sectors of aerospace, defense, tech, IT, and more, this is Local Leaders. Your host has been making meaningful connections with industry leaders for over 15 years. Here's Philip Nathrum. Welcome back to DC Local Leaders. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time here, we really appreciate you checking us out and spending some time with us today. This podcast is designed to help us all get just 1% better every day. How can we chip away at it? What are those small shifts in our actions that we can make on a daily basis? And how do we stay consistent to align with our purpose and achieve our goals? Find someone who has what you want and do what they do. What does that mean? Mentorship. Whether it's career growth or personal progress, we want to discover and share the methodologies, the processes, the habits that executive leaders, entrepreneurs, business people within the D.C. area have all cultivated success in their lives with. What are they? Those are real people that we can reach out to and make our mentors. Now, we typically focus our attention on industries such as government, military, and technology. Today, we have something special for everyone. It's a bonus episode, a local business. This is the fourth generation of father and son who run this business. They're called Send Smiles. Already, we're excited to hear about that. They're sending joy. Now, what they are is a floral company, and they go straight to the source. They tell us all about how they bring flowers directly from South America. They're the only company involved, unlike some others where you may place an order and then who knows who actually delivers their flowers. Their actual employees are the ones that show up to your doorstep with the flowers in hand, and they're sending smiles. So really excited to share this. They were father and son, like I said, fourth generation. You know, they just, they have a story of resiliency. They have a story of just being able to roll with it. It's not an easy business to be in. It's not one of those businesses that you often hear about. So we're really grateful that they spent some time with us today, and we hope you enjoy this just as a quick bonus episode. We're going to have some more bonus episodes coming up of our coverage of the Sea Airspace conference happening this week. That's August 2nd through the 4th. So lots of content coming out of that. And we're going to start offering our Let's Talk Tech with NVTC as bonus content as well. So looking forward to it. Thank you so much for being here. And let's get into the episode. So we're back with another episode of DC Local Leaders. We're in the offices live on location at uh, Send Smiles. We're here with Will and George Dukas, father and son. A family-owned business. Uh, Will, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, George. Thanks for taking some time. Thank you. So send smiles. Already, I'm smiling from ear to ear (laughs) just listening to the name of this business. It's a little bit different from some of the other ones that I've done, but I think that the family-owned business, the entrepreneurship that goes into that is an incredible message, and I can't wait to share that. But send smiles. How did you come to this? Tell us what you do. Yeah. So Send Smiles, we're an on-demand floor delivery company that we launched last summer. This isn't our first take in the industry. I'm fourth generation in the business. So it started with my great-grandfather in New York City in the early 1900s, came over from Greece, and then started selling flowers in the street corner in New York City. And then since then, we have been in the industry since, going through multiple different uh, businesses throughout the industry. So Send Smiles is our most recent take on trying to fix some of the problems that we see in the industry. So with our four generations of experience, we're confident that we were able to pinpoint exactly what's wrong with the industry and kind of create solutions for every single one of those problems. 
And that's where we came up with the idea for Send Smiles. So the flower company, the floral company, was actually founded by, that was your grandfather? So be my grandfather came over in 1910 uh, from Greece and went through Ellis Island and ended up in New York, on the street corner of New York City. And then eventually brought his two brothers over and they opened up a flower shop in New York. Probably in 1955, they moved down to Northern Virginia uh, and he partnered with my father, which was his son-in-law. So they ran a flower shop in Falls Church from the 1950s all the way up to about 1990. I came in in the 80s and uh, sort of grew the company. And then we branched off and started multiple companies out of that. And then Will decided to come in in 2016, graduating college. And then we came up with sort of a new concept on the industry. Did you want to be in the flower business when you were younger? Was that even a thing for you? Probably, probably hated it when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. So my, you know, my dad would drag me in there at 12 years old and he'd stick me in the basement doing all sort of the grunt work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when, as I got older, I realized the benefits it could give you on it. And that's uh, got piqued my interest a little bit. But did you have any other dreams? Like when you were 12, what did you want to be doing besides working in, in a flower shop? I probably wanted to be outside playing. Yeah. I mean, so, but he dragged me in there on weekends and right. then eventually I think. The only other thing I really wanted to be was a stockbroker. That's really. So when you went to school, was that something that you wanted to do? I did marketing in college, went to GW downtown. Yeah. And so when I was graduating, that was one of the choices I sort of had was go in the family business or, you know, be a stockbroker. So why not be a stockbroker? I mean, they seem like they do. They probably did pretty good. I mean, I say you always wonder, you know, that sliding door thing, which one, if you chose this path, where would you end up? So, but I think I chose the right path. Do you think your dad would have been disappointed in you if you were a stockbroker and didn't take over the family business? No, I think he was pretty good. He he wanted me to be happy. You know, so and do what I was passionate about doing. So, yeah. And then, you know, after I started in the business, I started liking it more and more. And then yeah. you start coming up with different ideas. Was it hard? Were you working for your dad at the time? Very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, because you got two generations of different mindset. Right. And that's something I'm trying to improve upon with uh, Will. Well, yeah, because I'm looking at him too. And I, it's kind of weird because I'm asking you questions about your dad when you happen to be his dad sitting right, right in front of him. And he probably. You know, I hope this isn't the first time that he shares some of the the heartaches he might have. And, you know, now he knows them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, he knows everything. You guys are open about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Well, but you get what I'm what I'm bringing up is Mm -hmm. that, you know, you were raised in an environment from a very young age. Your father. Right. Looking Mm -hmm. at at you, Will, your father. And same thing with you, George. They were a business owner. So a lot of those conversations probably made a huge impression on you. So it doesn't seem like it's it's a very far-fetched plan for you to be a business owner. But then the other layer of that is because it's a family-owned business, did you have more pressure on you to be in this business and not follow some other passion you may have had? What does that feel like? Is there some sort of maybe even resentment? I was actually completely opposite from him. He said he didn't really want to do it at the beginning, but I've always kind of wanted to go into it. I mean, there are other kind of things I thought about, but at the end of the day, I saw the big picture and saw what this could become. And then I knew it was a good opportunity to kind of kind of keep going. So, I mean, he's third generation, I'm fourth generation. So it seems kind of like it's worked for the past three generations. Why not? Why wouldn't it work for the fourth generation? Yeah. And then as I got into college, I could kind of see when I was younger, I mean, I didn't really know the full benefits of it. It was just kind of cool to like go into business. But like as I got into college and kind of learned more about the business side of things, I really saw that this is a great opportunity and it's not something that should be passed on because not, not everyone gets this opportunity. Yeah. What did you study in college? Finance. Okay. Yeah. Finance and accounting. Yeah. And do you handle like the accounting and the bookkeeping and stuff for the period? Yes, I do part of it right now. Yeah. Yeah, as well. So. So, so the business itself, how many 
how are you guys selling these flowers? Because we're here in your warehouse and I don't see anyone growing any flowers. So where are they coming nah. from? Nah. Yeah. So that's one of the things we really pride ourselves on is that we get all of our flowers direct from the farm. And that's one of kind of our, when we first started this company, we kind of create on a, on a whiteboard, we were like, well, okay, what are the problems in the industry? What are the solutions? One of them was flower quality. So a lot of floral companies in the, in the nation, a lot of local flower companies, they get their flowers locally from a local wholesaler. So how we do it is we go directly to the farms down in South America. So we have a lot of really close personal connections to the farms in South America, in Colombia, or in Ecuador. And then the, we buy the flower directly from them, they get shipped to the States, and then they get trucked up uh, to us. So when you place an order with us, you are getting an extremely, extremely fresh product. They don't die on the way. Nope. Like, and then a weird question. No, no. Like I so feel like I'll go into another point. That seems uh, like really our, far yeah, away to get a flower from. on our another point on the whiteboard. Refrigeration. So we keep them cold chain. Well, okay. So we keep them cold chain when we get the flowers ourselves. So they come in, they get put in our refrigerators, and then when they go out on a delivery, they get put in a refrigerated truck. So from the time though that they get cut at the farms in South America to the time that they get to our door, they're in refrigeration the entire way. On days like today, it's like 90 degrees outside. If you leave a bouquet sitting outside in this heat, it's going to die within a couple hours. But if you leave that bouquet in refrigeration, those flowers can last a very, very long time. And that's one of the reasons why we have good quality compared to some other companies that get them from a local wholesaler, because there's too many hands in the pot. How's the way this business conducts its business changed from the time that, say, your dad was doing it the way that you've been doing it and to where you are now? Absolutely. I think, you know, when we first, when I first came into the business, there was no computers and there was no cell phones. There was nothing. It was just basically paper. And yeah. so you would uh, take orders over the phone. There was no internet and the customers would come in. So it'd be basically everything would be done manually. And so all your counting, all your deliveries, everything, you know, I don't, they ran McNally maps, you know, so that's how the drivers would, you know, route their deliveries they would get 20 stops and they'd have to hand write them all on a piece of paper you yeah. have to look them all up and try to figure out the order in them now that's all done in seconds with google maps right you know so that that piece has changed you know the credit card piece and all that used to have to be manually inputted you know that's not with the it was a little swiper thing or you yeah. have to manually and put them into a little zon machine so all that's changed that was probably in the 90s that started changing a little bit up until the early 2000s so but well, was that hard for you to go through that change process and, and, and adapt to that? I was still young when that was happening. So that was that was something I wanted to try to convince my father to, like, get a computer. Yeah. You know, in the business. And, yeah, of course, they were anti-computers. How old were you? So mid-90s, around 97 is when the Internet really started to become a thing. And that's right. the dot-com boom. How old were you at that point? Can't, can't tell you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was uh, probably 40. In the 40s. So you were old enough to make yeah. some changes in the business and to say, look, this is the direction we're going to go. Okay. Yeah, still young. That was really what I was getting. Yeah. Not that. No, I've always been, try, try to keep uh, mindful that, you know, even as you age, you still got to think young. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't, just because I've been there, done that, it, it's not always done the same way. Yeah. I mean, so that's where Will, you know, comes in and gives a different perspective. And I've learned to I listen a little better. You know, it used to be more of a, I don't want to say dictatorship, but it used to be, okay, this is the way I think and this is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. But you realize that that's not always right. So right. You got you to listen. Right. Where did you, so are you, are you working on that open-mindedness and that awareness to be able to listen and try new things? 
like in your personal life, are you every reading day. or are you, are every you day. Like, what's your process? Like, uh, you look like you're in pretty good shape. You got a workout plan. What's, yeah, what's that yeah. like? Try to try to work out, try to stay in shape, eat healthy, you know, everything, stay positive. I'm real big into the positive yeah. thinking. What kind uh, of, are you reading anything? You do any practices? Uh, yeah. I, I read a lot as far as internet news and just keeping up with data and things like that, but not that, but I just, I, I like to stay engaged. And yeah. again, as you get older, you want to stay you know, as young as you can. You don't want to pretend you're young, but you want to be in tune with everything going on. Now, you as a younger person in your 20s, I mean, you're you do have a lot of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. It's a family owned business, so it's going to be hard to get fired from you from your dad. But it is <laughs> it can happen. though. It, I'm sure it could. <laughs> right. The business has to survive. I'm sure you guys will figure it out. You're already related. So there's mm-hmm. nothing, you know. But what are you doing? How many employees are in this company that, you know, are. So this one, we have a couple different departments and some of the stuff we have other companies handle it. So a lot of like marketing companies, our IT people, sure. a lot of those but are direct, other com- em- direct employees. We have probably about 10 right now. So that's still 10 people mm-hmm. that look to you for some leadership and, and that's a responsibility. What do you do to kind of work on your mindset or just being able to communicate? Mindset wise, I mean, one of the things I've really grown into in the past year or so is really keeping a healthy diet and working out. Those two things are immensely helpful and getting really, I mean, a lot of people say it is a good morning routine, being able to wake up early, immediately going to work out and then afterwards kind of decompressing and then getting ready for your day. So that those are things that have truly helped kind of lead you to a successful day. And then that will lead into a successful year, successful company, and then kind of so on and so forth. How long you been doing that? So this has been probably for about the last year and a half now that I've been kind of practicing this and it's, it truly has helped a lot. Yeah. What kind of change have you seen like in your daily energy level? Yeah. Uh, energy level is a com- way different now. You're way more focused. You're way more energetic. When you kind of start the day off strong like that, it propels you into like this kind of good energetic feeling throughout the rest of the day. So before, if you would kind of wake up and then you kind of get out of bed groggy, you kind of get yourself out of bed and then kind of immediately go to work, you kind of don't have that energy boost that you would get maybe until you get your first sip of coffee or something. But working out is way more energetic than any anything coffee can do for you. Yeah. I'm sure that the people here respond to each one of you differently. How do you create that team environment or that culture of a business when their last name isn't Dukas? And so how do you get people motivated to show up and put in the same amount of energy and effort that you do? So one of the things we do, and it's been something my dad has taught me, and he he kind of keeps it on repeat, is treat your employees the best. The employees are number one before the customers even. Behind these doors where we're at right now, we have someone, a couple people that have worked for my grandfather. So they worked for my grandfather, they worked for my dad, and now I'm able to work alongside of them. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have, yeah, we have, yeah, a while. between all the generations yeah. you know, we've had, you know, we, we try to treat, I'm real big on treating employees like family. Yeah. And so we treat them, we listen to them. If they got issues, we want them to talk with, if they got personal issues, we try to help them out. And so we treat them really, really well. And yeah. uh, the one that's been here for 50, it's probably going on close to 50 years and he's in his seventies. Yeah. I mean, I would, be, yeah. he'd have to, but he's right? still really, really good. And he likes working. He's yeah. passionate about what he does. He's from Norway. So, but he just loves working. And I think his father died at close to hundred years old and was still fully functioning. And yeah. so he might be around another 20. So, yeah, I found that, you know, culturally there's, there's different communication styles within cultures. We all know this. And I come from one that's kind of heavily based on shame and blame and like, what will people think? Is that a part of your culture? And do you think that that influenced a little bit more of the pressure to continue the family business? 
I think my parents' generation that was like that. Yeah, you know, the yeah. old Greek mentality was, you know, you, you don't you don't want to be ashamed of anything, and you're trying to hide things and try to pretend things. It's an ego thing. Yeah, it's like, and, don't and, and, you don't have any problems? Make nah, sure that right. Don't let anybody know what's going on behind the scenes, right? right? So I think my generation is a little differently. You know, I don't think that way. So yeah. you know, we operate and just keep you know whatever it is, it is, and you know we don't try to hide anything. Yeah. You know? And same thing with the, same I mean, thing it, with me. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, that's what I mean. But is that he, I'm even that, further removed from the? From it's that, okay from, if you yeah. didn't have that experience Absolutely. with things like that. You made me yep. feel ashamed all the time. I was like terrified. <laughs> I, yeah. hope, I hope not. No, no, no. I would have been an astronaut by no. now, but I'm out here selling flowers <laughs> no. because no, I'm fully where I want to be. And then I don't really kind of see any of that. I mean, my grandparents were really kind of in tune with the, the Greek culture, mm-hmm. but we kind of got away from that a little bit. Got yeah. more Americanized now. So yeah. we don't have much of that culture anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely open, definitely, like I said, just open to kind of new ideas and new things. There's no real pressure to hide anything or not have certain conversations or stuff like that. And yeah. my thing, too, is when you're, if you're, I always check with him, too, to make sure he's happy, especially when we started this. Yeah. You know, getting out of college and working with your dad's tough. And I'm not going to be in it forever and I'll be stepping out. But right. you know, at the end of the day, I don't want him unhappy working in this environment. Well, that's an interesting thing. If he wasn't your son. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think that you treat him differently because he is your son than you would have if you hired a manager for your company or you hired an operations person to fill the responsibilities that he does? Ours is more of a partnership and it don't the new company too. just I wanted to do one thing for him, too, that I, I didn't have in my world was that my dad was the old fashion. He wanted control. Mm-hmm. And in this new company, we're 50-50 partners. And so I didn't want any control from the dad's perspective. So I can't really fire him. So right. that's he still owns half the company. And why did smiles resonate with you guys? When you send a smile, it's sending more than just flowers. It's actually sending in like an emotion. So we really believe more than just like sending flowers. It's sending an emotion. Because whenever you deliver flowers and you give them to an office building, a nursing home, we even walk to the front door. Every time you do it, it brings a smile to a person's face. And just having that emotion is something that really resonates with people. And I remember doing some research uh, before, there was like an old study that was done on how people reacted to certain items. And when the <laughs> recipients were given flowers, the they showed by the muscles that are used in their face that it is the most natural smile that can be seen in a person is when they receive flowers. So it's one of those things that just brings happiness. It's very, very genuine. Huh. So it's, it's one of those things where it's not like a forced or fake smile. It's an extremely natural and organic smile when someone just sees and, and sees and receives flowers. And it's not so much the flowers. It's just like the thought that someone was thinking about them. That- now, tell me a little bit about this app. Who did you work with to develop it? How did it come about? Why did you feel like you needed one? So I'll start with how, why we think we needed an app. There's no... There's not really much reinvention in the floral industry right now. Mm-hmm. It's been the same way it's been for a very long time. A lot of the websites and a lot of the ordering processes, the user experience isn't great for a lot of them. So we kind of wanted to do something that's a little bit different and that gives the consumer a very good user experience. So the app is something that we wanted to do to give that great user experience, as well as one of the a cool new feature we have in it, which is something we're really looking forward to, is a video message. So what that is, is that when you're going through our app and you place an order for checkout, you're able to actually record a video before sending it. And then when they get it on the, when the uh, recipient receives the flowers on the card message, it'll say, you received a video message, go to sendsmiles.com and enter your video code. You'll be able to enter your code and the person yeah. will send whatever video they want. So that's something that's uh, yeah. it's really cool that we're looking forward to. 
And they'll be able to do that on the website too. So not yeah. just through the app. That's awesome. How, how was that process of having to create that? We've been working with this company for probably about two years now, I think. And they've done everything from our custom website to our POS system, to our delivery app mm-hmm. for delivery, as well as this new app. So it's just kind of being able to kind of segregate your time and then being able to focus on the IT side of things when it needs to be and then being able to focus on the operational side as well. So it's something that's I've been able to balance for the past couple of years. So the type of business that you run puts you in an environment that's a little bit different from some of our corporate guests. And I think, you know, now people are finding that they can do their job from wherever. This seems like the type of business, except for the management of this actual warehouse, you can kind of do a lot of the business development from anywhere. Has that afforded you some freedom to kind of just roam around and do things? So from like the IT side of things and from the, I guess, the global business side of things, uh, yes, that can be um, done remotely and anywhere. But a big side of it is operational piece as well and making sure the day-to-day activities are running. So that's something where we can't really afford not to be here for. And then we really need to be present. So during this whole time, we have, I know a lot of like during COVID, a lot of people have been able to kind of stay at home and do their thing from home. We haven't had a day where we've been able to stay home. We've worked every day. Every day. Did you find a decline in your business for? No. Quite the opposite. Yeah. It was a big increase. People were sending smiles. Yeah. It got, yes, people, yeah, people were, well, (laughs) actually we launched, so we launched the business at the beginning for three days back in March of 2020. And then we closed down. And then we closed down. Super convenient. Yes. It was about, we launched about three days before the whole toilet paper pandemic came in where, yeah. So it was right during that time. And then did you, but you guys had flowers though. We had flowers, but we didn't know where the, like anything was going and we were launching this new company. So we had no idea if things were going to get way worse, if they were going to get better. It was just, everything was up Mm. in the air. So we decided to close it down until we kind of figured out what was going to happen. And then back in, I think it was like June, we were like, okay, things are kind of looking more stable now. And then that's when we decided to open up in July. What was that conversation like with your employees? We, we was actually okay because we have multiple companies. So anybody knew that we hired, we were able to filter into the other companies. That we, obviously, we didn't close any of the other ones down. So yeah. everybody, we didn't let anybody go. Everybody stayed employed and they all, when we opened up, they all started working for Sense Miles. Yeah. You're so, able to take care yeah, of people. Yeah. So what's yeah, all? So that, was, that was a dilemma we thought about, though. Here we just start a new brand new company, cut employee focused, and then we hire them for three days and then let them go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so, a good thing. No, Not we were thing. happy we were able to keep everyone employed during this whole time. So yeah. we never had to let anyone go. And I think that's another benefit of, of smaller business where it's a little bit more family oriented because it is a family business. But even those that aren't part of the family that owns the business feel like they're part of the family of we, the business. We want them to. That's yeah. what we try really hard at. So. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest worries at the beginning is when it first happened, we were like, well, like just the thought of potentially having to let a bunch of people go yeah. was definitely scary of having all like your volume decrease heavily. And then you're just thinking like, wow, am I going to have to like, like, because if you don't have revenue, you can't afford to pay right. them. So, right. but we were very, very fortunate to have actually a, like a 20 or 30% increase in volume. Well, rebounded really quick. We had yeah. a, we had a sharp decline for yeah, about, it was like about a month, or three a weeks, weeks to a month. Yeah. 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 And then everything came back. Yeah. So it kind of got scary for just a little bit, but it was worth it in the end. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Did they did they have anything to do with the business at all? And initially, no. One took a different path, and then one eventually came in on yeah. it. So, was there any sort of internal family? Absolutely. How was how was that to to deal with? Because that's still your sister at the end of the all day. Right. All right. So we we basically figured out it was better to split it up. So basically, we we she took one path in a, in one of the companies, and I got out. And then I took another path and a different okay. one. So it's really tough to siblings working together yeah. can be really good or it can be a disaster. 
Yeah. So, but we, I wanted to take the pathway of really not, I mean, it just, I think it was better for everybody to take different paths. What's your relationship one? with her now? Is it strained because of yeah. that? Do you think yeah. that, yeah, yeah, that had a huge impact? Huge impact. Uh-huh. Were you guys close before? We were. Yeah. So, but that, again, everything business tends to break families apart. If you look at most businesses, it's very difficult to yeah. operate together. Now, do you think that that experience with your sister influences how you communicate with Will? Here absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just the whole family dynamic is different. So, and again, this isn't, you know, I try to look at things differently. And again, he's my son. So son first, the business. And, then we, and again, we get in uh, heated discussions about direction. And I told him early on, it's not personal. You know, as soon as the discussion's over, let's get back to work. It's over. It's done. And we'll come to an agreement on something. So there's never been any animosity in the five years he's been, we've been working together of where we walk out of a room and it's like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Leave me alone. Yeah. So it's always been, uh, it's just a business thing. And, but the family, family comes first and then the business second. Yeah. I mean, and you have the experience right. of a challenging, you know, right. with your sister that you don't want to replicate. Nah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, difference of opinions is what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's what he's always said. It's like none of it's personal. It's like I'm not going after his character. I'm not going after who he is as a person. It's just difference in opinions. And at the end of the day, we'll talk through the opinions and then we'll come to a conclusion, whether it's in his favor or my favor. But But like what? What trucks to buy? Yeah, it it could be something as simple as what trucks to buy. He might like Fords because they have better gas mileage. I might like Chevys because they have better space. And I think it would be better for the drivers to have more space. So not saying that was one, but just it's little things like that. It could be literally about anything. It could be about a certain flower bouquet. Should we go more this style or that style? Even from certain marketing avenues, should we advertise to the customer? this message or should we do it to this message so it's just different there, there's, opinions when yeah, there's hundreds kind of, of things yeah. that come up every day literally I mean, anything yeah yeah where's your major clientele come from is it weddings is it no we actually it? it's it's just the generic consider like a generic person like it's not for events it's not for weddings it's nothing for it's just person it could be a daughter wanting to send to their mother it could be a son wanting or a, a, a like someone like me a guy wanting to send to his girlfriend it could be girl want to send to his grandmother so it could be literally anything so we're not really going after the event side of things it's more just the the gift giving is what we like to call it for whether it be birthdays anniversaries just becauses any of those types of occasions is where our normal consumer is is it hard on you to build your leadership skills when you are the son of the owner and then the other people that work here know that it definitely was tough a hundred percent when it, at the beginning i've been in the business for five years now so when i first came in the goal was to kind of with the initial goal was to kind of create something that can be kind of reproduced and expanded and then what we did was for the first couple of years i worked in all different like facets of the industry i did delivery i did customer service i learned a little bit about the flower buying the accounting aspect of it so i learned all different aspects of the business and during that time it was definitely tough sometimes to deal with em- employees and then knowing that i was the the owner's son so but at this point i'm definitely comfortable with yeah. kind of being the owner's son and then at this point now i am an owner so it's definitely took a little time but it's definitely something that i got used to did you have any of those experiences? Because that's something you two can actually relate on. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I, I had said the same thing. I mean, people, but if you do, if you're focused and you do a good job, employees will eventually gravitate to you and understand and they'll respect you. And then as you move up a little bit into the yeah. authority of, but again, we've never been, I still walk out there and still talk to them just like normal. Yeah. I'm not the boss, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still out there just talking to them. And that's, you know, we don't, we don't want that hierarchy. And it's the type of business where you, are and can stay flat 
the way that you are. There's yeah. not a whole lot of layers. You don't have a COO no. and then, you know, yeah. the senior manager of this and then a director of that and all these things no. below you. And that, yeah. that'll change over time. Again, the plan for Send Smiles is to prove the model out in D.C. and Baltimore. And then once we prove it out, we want to sort of stamp them out. So yeah. city by city. Our long term goal is to be the first floral company that controls 100 percent of the supply chain is what our goal is and be stamped out in every city. Because right now, if you order from some of these larger companies, they you they take an order and then it gets filtered to like a local flower shop. But it's not that company that's fulfilling it. It's a local flower shop that's filling it. So yeah, we you want, lose control. You lose control. So we want to be able to control the entire supply chain from when a customer orders a bouquet that when it's when they order from Send Smiles, it's actually a Send Smiles delivery driver delivering it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the end goal. Yeah, and without being specific, I think I know you know at least one other service that you that you could do that with that you're talking about, where yep. you you tell them what you want and when you want it by they give you a price, you pay them, and then it gets fulfilled. However, it gets fulfilled. Yeah, from, they'll you know. either do it through a flower shop or they'll ship it in a box. Yeah, one or the other from, from, so that's one of the things. There's not a single floral company that is national that actually controls the product. So that's that's where we want to come in. Yeah, and then we built a very simple model that can be stamped out in multiple cities throughout the U.S. as opposed to like. A normal flower shop, it has uh, way too many moving pieces to be able to stamp out. They're great businesses and they they run very smoothly, but it requires too much labor and too much kind of effort to be able to move these to every city in America. You know what I get from both of you is actually a passion for what you're doing and an excitement about just the day-to-day of doing what you're doing. And sometimes... We don't always get that from some of the more corporately run businesses. And do you think it's because you have more connection to the actual person you like using your service? Because they'll call you yeah. and tell you mm-hmm. that it either worked or it didn't work. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because we are both extremely, extremely confident in the product we have. And it can be like you, well, you said the feedback we've received from our customers. That's That's one avenue of it. And so far to date, we probably have 250 public reviews on the different platforms like Facebook, Yelp, Google, every single one's rated at five stars. So we are extremely happy with that. And we know that we're able to deliver a great product and we're able to expand easily to multiple cities throughout the country. Yeah. I mean, and and look, like I said, it's not a criticism, Mm -hmm. but, you know, some of the tech companies, right, they do get a little bit passionate about some of their their you know, cybersecurity, mm-hmm. but it's never the same. It's never like yeah. a joy in doing it. It's very, it's a, just a different vibe. And we, that's actually we, really refreshing. We actually, at least for myself, and I think Will too, but I actually wake up every day happy. I love what I do. I've yeah. still been doing it a long time and I no no plans to retire. I enjoy, actually enjoy it. Yeah. So every day is a good day and you get up, you get going and it's always something new. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, so do you think that you know, if you were to get married and have kids that you would want your son or daughter, whoever it is, to take over the business the way you have. I think or, so. I right? think so. Yeah. I'm still probably about 25 years away from that until yeah. I have that kid that can take over that. But yeah. I do think it would be it would be only if they want it again. Again, I, yeah. it's something like I was never forced to come in just like he was never forced to come in. I wanted to come in because uh, I saw an opportunity. Mm-hmm. If my kid doesn't see an opportunity in it or they don't want to do that or they want to pursue something different, then more power to them. I'm totally fine with that. If you, and I want to ask both of you this, if you didn't do this, do you think that you would have been okay working for someone else no. after having the impression from your dad of working for someone? Yeah, so. No, I would be a very bad employee. Yeah. So I, I would not do well. 
Yeah. So you would have done something entrepreneurial in nature. More like as long as I was capable. Don't, it yeah. takes money to do and it takes opportunity. So if you didn't have it, then you, I would absolutely work for somebody. And yeah, if I needed to make a living, you know, yeah. I would do that. But it would be really tough. You know, once you once you've worked for yourself for a while, it's really tough to try to work for somebody else. Well, what I was trying to get at is you had the example from your parents right. and also your grandparents being a business owner. And I think that something happens to us, even from a young age, impressionable, we start to see the world different. We see the workforce different. Right. We see what it takes to to run a business from a young age. Or like, whereas if, if you're raised in an environment where your parents aren't a business owner, you right. don't have that lens. No. So you just kind of assume like, all right, I'm going to go work for some other company. No, you just look at the on-term, the, the spirit of you know, building companies. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, you see my dad working hard. I see my grandfather work hard. And they built companies and were successful at them. So it's fun I mean, to watch. There had to be some some days where he was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this in sadness days. Did those ever stick out to you? And I'm sure you've had them too. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. I want to say no. I mean, you've had some lean years where you didn't do as well. But you know, as an entrepreneur, you you know, I don't get paid a salary. I get paid what I earn. Right. And so if one year I earn nothing, that's what I get paid. You know, so you know, we've had some ups and downs, but I've, I've never sat there and wondered, okay, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. You've never felt like, hey, I'm just nah. on the wrong path. Nah, I love, I, again, I love getting up every day and I love working. And when you get in a bad situation, you know, that gets you a little more motivated because now you got to figure out how to get out of it. So Yeah, and I guess you guys are in an industry where there isn't necessarily a technology solution that can replace you. Or your product, really. Right. Like, we can't have, well, maybe I guess we could have electronic flowers, but I'm probably not going <laughs> to smile about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a real live living thing. Right. And um, now you have found a technology solution to help you do it better and fulfill more orders, but the actual, even your employees, right? Like, right. I mean, they're literally like picking the, Thorns off the rose. I, yep. right. There's yep. flowers here. Yep. Like they're doing stuff with yeah. flowers, right? It's That'll tough. never get replaced. You know, if we're going to do it like we're doing it, there's. I don't think there's any other way to yeah. do it. There's no one new coming in the industry that wants to do it. You yeah. look at people that are like my age. They want to create like the newest like dating app. They want to create the next like Airbnb or next yeah. Tinder. It's like there's no young people like young new brains coming into this that kind of want to revolutionize the industry. Yeah, that's not. You don't hear like people in their twenties coming in and say, "I want to like disrupt a floral right. business." If you're not in this business, I would have never even thought a second about going into floral well, business. Well, yeah. I, I feel like that yeah. was kind of what I wanted to get. And I, and I bet it's the same for you, really, if you think about it, right? Like if your dad wasn't already in the floral business, uh, nah. you wouldn't have said, hey, you know what I'm going to do is start this flower shop. No, nah, not a chance. Yeah. yeah, Not a chance. And it was because you had that impression. Yeah. Always knew that I wanted to come into this business right out of the gate. And that if it didn't work, I would definitely try to pursue some other entrepreneurial venture because I've always been big on like just like little ideas that I've like yeah. that I've always thought of. So you both <laughs> have the same thing that you had an influence of and the mentorship of a, of a parent who was a business owner mm -hmm. and you too then also absorbed that entrepreneurial spirit. You would have done something entrepreneurial. It, if it wasn't this, it would yep. have been something else. It, it would not, have, it likely else. would not have been, I'm going to find a big company with great benefits and a decent salary yeah. and I'm going to go work there and just kind of like. That was never really in the back of my yeah. mind ever. 
So I never and nothing really wrong with it. Yeah, I, I know yeah, how, yeah. I don't want to make it absolutely. seem like no, for any No, 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 no. Absolutely I have not. a lot of friends that are doing just yeah. fine with no stress on their back. Absolutely. Doing absolutely. something they enjoy doing that they know exactly what they have to do and they're yeah. good at it. They get the accolades. They get the bonuses absolutely. and they show up. And when they leave, they don't know who's stressing out over what, but it's yeah. not them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's definitely one of the tough parts now is that it never really stops. You walk out these doors and then you're still kind of, your mind's still going. Your mind never stops. There's always new things to be done there's always things going on there's always new things that need to be implemented so it's one of those things 24 24 7 it doesn't stop yeah well i tell you what you guys have been a great a fun interview and you're definitely an example of how like a family-owned business can work well all right so when when do we think this app is coming on live i would say by about mid-june it'll be live to the consumers so, and then before then, they can reach you where? What's the website? Yep, it's sendsmiles.com. They can reach us there, and then you can do it on uh, through there or through a uh, phone as well. Yeah. And the app's coming soon. And you guys on Instagram? And, yep, Instagram, and- sendsmiles underscore flowers, and then same on Facebook, just sendsmiles. Okay. So they can find us on there. Yeah, well, that's good stuff. Will, George, thanks so much for spending some time with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks for listening to DC Local Leaders. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on LinkedIn and YouTube by searching DC Local Leaders, on Instagram at DC Local Leaders, or our website, dclocalleaders.com. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you find great podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.